What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 542 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week. We're going to break down everything that we feel like talking about that happened in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days outside of the stuff that we had already talked about from previous things like our main events and a little dark cast that we had done before and anything else that, you know, we had covered in the past. Kind of, that's the whole point for doing the current events and not things from 20 years ago or anything. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Robert DeFelice. Hey, yo. And Callum Wiggins. Hey. We are rolling along here with uh, some topics like uh, Kushida and Forbidden Door and NXT Break-In and whatnot. So as we go through and we talk about all these things, we want you to join in on the discussion and drop a comment below on YouTube in particular. While you're over there, of course, do the things that you should normally be doing on any kind of YouTube channel that you are supportive of. If you aren't subscribed to them, make sure that you subscribe the like button that always helps out every youtube channel out there share it if you want to pass it along to somebody who you think might be interested in checking it out there's that little thanks button for the monetary stuff a little donation kind of like a tip jar and if you hit the join button it gets you access to the same members only content that you would on patreon except for this time you get the video version of that so if you checked out that dark cast for instance you would be able to see more of the the actual like spreadsheet of everything that we had going on instead of just the audio but Hey, if you want to join on the Patreon, it's just the same kind of deal. Then uh, you got the Dark Cast, you got the Pick a Poison tier. Those kind of things help out quite a bit. Even a buck a month goes a long way and helps us let you uh, kind of pass that information along that you are a f like a super fan, I guess, of this uh, podcast and everything. And uh, helps keep the lights on a little bit. So if you want to support Smart Out Moment, it's a great way to do that. You can also pick up merchandise on Public and Redbubble, or you can check out our sponsor, that we'll talk about a little bit later on. So, I got that out of the way. Let's start getting into some of this stuff. Let's get into somebody leaving WWE for uh, this time being. Kushida is no longer on the roster. His contract expired and he left. <laughs> and uh, I don't blame him. Kushida was in a position where he had been brought in as a big deal and he never really got out of the cruiserweight division. Uh, Jack of Time was not going to be a big, big uh, tag team in the grand scheme of things. It was a goofy team that didn't even win the NXT tag titles. So I see why Kushida decided to go to NXT back when it was NXT. And I understand why he left because it's not the best NXT. spot for him right now. Yeah. It's NXT 2.0 and... He's not somebody who is, you know, 20 years old and ha uh, hasn't been wrestling elsewhere to know any better or anything. He's been uh, a veteran of this and he knows that he can be a bigger deal and a bigger fish in smaller ponds and everything. Oddly enough, it's weird to think of NXT uh, 2.0 as like a, a big pond, but He's got AEW, he's got New Japan, he's got plenty of options out there. He's gonna be he's gonna be more than fine. What do you guys think about Kushida leaving? Anywhere you want to go him to uh, particularly go? Just glad he's leaving. I mean it's like you know, they've wasted so much talent that it really went to um it became NXT so much fun and then it became everybody's gone. NXT and I don't blame them and Kushida was like one of the last 
signings from the black and gold era. And I feel like his first big thing was Dream, right? Like he had that mini feud with Velveteen, who was already on thin ice. And he never got to do anything after that because they literally went, hey, pal, we're going to give you this. Oh, hey, this belt that we just gave you. We don't even want to use it anymore. Sorry. (laughs) Have some do jacket time. And it's like, it sucked. But I think she will be better off. And we can just say what if for the rest of his WWE career. Yeah, Kushida is one of the greatest junior heavyweight Japanese wrestlers of the past 20 years or so. And you can see that by checking out a lot of his matches that he had in New Japan prior to coming to WWE. He's as technically brilliant as it comes. But we never really got to see that to the same degree in WWE because even when he did have matches, none of them went particularly long anyway. And it was not like he was given a huge amount of prominence. He was given the Cruiserweight Championship. And that was at the time that we heard those talks going around that, okay, we're going to actually start to put more emphasis back on the Cruiserweight division. And then Triple H lost all power. NXT 2.0 falls into the hands of Vince McMahon. And they decide that they don't actually want to have Cruiserweight at all anymore. So his role, as you guys said, is rendered pointless. He moves on to the jacket time thing, which was just an absolute joke for a guy of his capabilities. But because presumably he's not a strong English speaker, he didn't exactly cut many promos. It was never really going to work out in that landscape. He did some cool things, had some good matches, still had that short run as Cruiserweight champion, got to team with Alex Shelley for a little bit, which is fun. But yeah, I think like for me, that was the coolest thing he's done because he got Alex Shelley in WWE. So I thought that was super cool. And I think I'm still going to classify it as a success for what they gave him, but they didn't give him much of anything good. I, I think this is all should, should also add to the the ever growing collection of evidence to suggest that Japanese male talent should not be going to WWE. Because yeah, because really, you're just not going to be treated. What... You, you're just not going to be treated well, and that's pretty much to anybody who can't speak English as their first language. There's always going to be that barrier to get through, mm-hmm. and there's always that perception that oh, because you can't pro- cut a promo in English, we can only do so much with you. Nakamura will really always be the anomaly in that way. Like, you can't take it away from him. He won the Royal Rumble. You know, I mean, like his name's always going to be in the history books in that way. But yeah, you're right. Like, I wouldn't. We went from seeing, oh man, maybe you know, a guy like Okada could at least have some fun matches if he were to entertain the idea. To like, man, I stay away, stay far away, and never look back. And WWE, of course, doesn't have the mindset of going. We did that with this one and that one and that one and that one and that one. We're probably not going to be able to do that with anybody going forward. They're going to still probably just be like, that's the land of opportunity, whatever. Bring them, you know, this one's going to be different. And then, you know, I mean, we're hearing rumblings that uh, at least one the Meltzer side of things that Saray is pretty much done. And it's another just like. 
if you are somebody from New Japan, what's the likelihood that you're going to look at this history and this track record from WWE and go, no, I'm going to be the one that succeeds. It's still a possibility, of course. There's always a chance. No, I Nakamura was the best example, and what they did was they gave him the Royal Rumble win, had him lose at Mania, and then did fuck all with him for years after that. That's not a great thing to be shooting for, you know? I think Nakamura was supposed to be the the launching pad of, see, it's the land of opportunity. And I think, you know, his NXT run was great. Even the stuff, you know, all up until that moment at Mania where he started just repeatedly hitting AJ Styles in the balls. (laughs) You know, I think his stuff was great. But they just, they dropped the ball. You know, <laughs> he's dropped the ball more one yeah. way. I, I think there is a tendency to maybe go a little overboard with this whole Japanese thing. I, I think that there is a ceiling, which has been clearly demonstrated by Nakamura, who was pretty much New Japan's one of their top four Japanese talents in New Japan at the time that he left. It was him, Okada, Naito, and uh, Tanahashi were the, the big, big names in Japan. And so, with one of those biggest names and this was the guy that probably had the most charisma out of all four of them if that if he's the one that can't if he still can only reach to a level of okay you're going to be a, a a fairly frequent intercontinental united states champion level guy but we're never going to push you towards the main event then that's kind of the scene that all the other three guys would be looking at as well and yeah they've, they've had some i don't say people have had successful careers quote-unquote from Japan in WWE, Tajiri is probably the one that immediately springs to mind as someone else who had a good run. But again, it's always it's always going to have that limit attached to it. And Tajiri, by the end of his career, and Funaki, by the end of his career, they're all comedy guys. And that was what mm-hmm. Kushida was in in Jacket Time as well. So, Yeah, I mean, like, uh, realistically, even though people will always do the whole, like, well, Rey Mysterio was a smaller guy, and he's a multi-time world champion anybody who is on the smaller side no matter where they come from already has a disadvantage in wwe and kushida is not some six foot five jacked uh type of guy that would get vince mcmahon's attention generally speaking but then you throw the language barrier in on top of that and then on top of that he is coming out dressed up like marty mcfly you're working with a bunch of negatives that are going to lead towards the the same kind of scenario. So I think it's a smart decision for Kushida to just be like, look, I'm not going to resign. Uh, I know I've already probably peaked. And if I stay here, I'm just going to waste a bunch of years. Like even if he goes to like, you know, just goes back to new Japan or he goes to, if he whatever does he go to, to AEW or if he goes to fucking MLW or whatever, like I'm sure it's going to be more rewarding than staying in NXT. He'll find something that's going to be serviceable. If not better. I mean, what's so bad about going back to new Japan and being in the same spot he was in before, you know, nothing <laughs> like yeah. he, he's going to do, he's going to do just fine. So speaking of new Japan, got a pretty big announcement, something we had all, kind of assumed was going to be happening, especially when they started the trademark Forbidden Door. We're going to get that Forbidden Door pay-per-view. It is officially labeled AEW and then X, because it's like times plus that kind of thing. 
New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. It is happening on June 26th at the United Center in Chicago. And no matches have been announced yet, but that's perfectly fine. It's uh, the very first announcement of this whole thing is just, hey, we're doing it. So it's already got enough attention and everything. Uh, I am assuming, of course, all three of us are not going to be going there because it is Chicago, but... We're definitely going to be covering it on the site for anybody who's wondering. That's not going to be one of those things where we don't do that. Uh, well, it's literally a pay-per-view. It's right? an AEW pay-per-view even more so. And it's a big, big deal, of course. So even if it would have just been like a New Japan show, uh, I'd figure out some kind of way. But um, this is cool. <laughs> this, this is great. Like this is what everybody wanted. And it's crazy. I think they trademarked forbidden door like way back in the early days of the pandemic and i guess they always had this intention but you know uncertain times led to things taking longer than it needed to i think the way they did it was cool having you know adam cole and jay white kind of you know usurp tony khan and do the announcement themselves I think this has to be, I hope he's healthy, but I would assume this is where you got to get Kenny Omega back for this. He can go. And yeah, like this is going to be an awesome, awesome show. The only thing that I'm more interested in beyond what the card will be is this is the first time AEW is going to present month to month pay-per-view offerings. And this is now a fifth pay-per-view for the company. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting time because there's a lot of dream matches that New Japan could put together alongside AEW. There's a lot of great competitors that could be exposed to a larger American audience. I think it's quite funny that when we originally spoke about when AEW was formed in the first place, that if they got a relationship going to New Japan, that shot in the arm that New Japan can give AEW would be great. And now it's completely the other way around. Now it's AEW giving New Japan the shot in the arm that they need after the pandemic has absolutely ruined any buzz that they've had outside yeah. of Japan. And so this is a good opportunity to get some talent over get your Okada match, whatever that will end up being, get, get Shingo, get Naito, get Tanahashi, get everyone you possibly can over to have this this great match filled with, I imagine, a lot of like multi-man tag team matches, at least from the bottom up, because that's how New Japan builds most of their cards anyway. So, but this time it's more exciting because you just have New Japan on one side and AEW wrestlers on the other. I mean, we don't know how the structure of the card is going to be so far. We don't know whether it's going to be one of these things. Like the last time they did a, which Jay Wright referenced in his promo, a New Japan slash company super show, which they did with Ring of Honor at uh, Madison Square Garden. It was a bunch of Ring of Honor matches and then a bunch of New Japan matches combined together. So we don't know whether we're getting the, I presume they will do because They've spoken about how they want to put these dream matches together. That it's going to be a lot of crossover, New Japan, yeah, a lot of crossover matches, like one-off matches. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to see, for instance, a like a card versus Page or whoever the AEW World Champion is, and whoever the New Japan World Champion is at that stage as well, because 
they're both coming up against the tough t- challenges next time. Uh, well, seemingly at their next pay per view. So we have no idea who those champions will be at that point. But an AEW champion versus New Japan Pro Wrestling champion would be big. There's a lot of other like great, great matches. It's probably too many to list, but we've already seen quite. Uh, not a load of them, but we've seen a few of them already. We've seen Suzuki come over. We've got Ishii versus Ancon Rampage. So they're all, they've already started the process with that. But this will be a really big super show. I think the most interesting outside of this, the actual show itself and how much fun it will end up being is that it's going on in Chicago. Chicago is usually the place where they host All Out. And All Out would be in... So this is late June. All Out is either usually late August, early September. Right. Like Labor Day weekend. So it would be interesting if they decide that they're going to go back to Chicago for the next pay-per-view. Or whether they decide to branch out with All Out and change that somewhere else. I think that it's kind of 50-50 in my head about whether they switch it up. Just because it's it's a two and a half to three month window... And they and they typically seem to go to Chicago once every two to three months anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me if okay, we'll do this at Chicago, and then we'll go to another stadium in Chicago for for all out because that's what we do. I think they they are going to go to Chicago. I know a lot of people were salty about it too. Like freaking Chicago's getting everything, but great venue. It's the United Center. Like they've. This will be their second show there, and the first to introduce CM Punk back to the wrestling world. Despite the I fact think... that I'm not a New Japan connoisseur, I'm disappointed that this isn't Madison Square Garden. Because that would be it pretty cool. sweet to be able to, like... I'd, I would get tickets for it at that point. I would be like, alright, I'll pay for it. Like, I'll get uh, whatever the price is going to be. Unless it's fucking ridiculous, I'm not going to spend $1,000 on a ticket or something, but, like... I would spend a couple hundred bucks and be like, you know, I'm going to go to a Madison Square Garden show. It's going to be this show. It's going to be fucking great, you know. Uh, But I'm kind of hoping that that means that they don't go to Chicago for All Out. Because I'm not of the opinion that you should have every year a show in a specific spot. Double or nothing, being in Vegas, I understand, for the theme. But even then, you don't really necessarily need to. And... I would think that it would be like, all right, let's, you know, stop doing the same exact thing. Let's go to like uh, somewhere on the uh, coast of like California or something like that. Let's go to fucking Montana. I don't know. Like, I don't know where the hell some of the other stadiums are that they could be. To get a but I don't know like, if anybody wants to go to Montana for much. <laughs> then the- Maybe, but like, uh, you know, in the middle of Maine, <laughs> to something, but like. Yeah, you know, they haven't really run anything in, like, Texas in a while, right? They just ran Texas, like, three times. Yeah, they had, yeah Battle of the Belts was Texas, in Texas. Or pay-per-view-wise. Well, not pay-per-view-wise, no. Well, they, yeah, fair. So it's like, uh, you know, if they do only a few pay-per-views a year, I think they usually try to hit some different markets instead of just being like, all right, every all-out is in Chicago. Because why? Why does it need to be in Chicago? Because they did it there before? And they did it multiple times. Well, you know, change it up. Who cares? You know, it's not like it's called Chicago something other. And then you're then it would be weird to be like, eh, and that's in Baltimore. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing that inherently needs to be Chicago for that. And if they're already getting this, it would be another thing if it was like in February and then in December of then like at the end of the year. But two three months, 
They'll sell it. It'll be fine. But I'd rather it be elsewhere. What matches, though, you guys uh, think would be interesting? We got a little bit of a tease that there's like a Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite thing going on. Would you rather them team or would you rather them go against each other? I think they need to go against each other. If you're doing anything, you need to kind of finally have a little bit of finality in that Bullet Club Elite thing. Um, I know Kenta wants to face CM Punk, and part of me thinks that he's going to cost Punk the world title at double or nothing. But I also know that Okada wants to face Punk, and what better way to do that than to have it be champion versus champion? So there's that option too. I think if if Okada doesn't face Punk, Okada's facing Brian because... You know, you got to get these matches in while you can. I don't know who I'd put Naito against, though. There you go. Uh, so there's there's a few that spring immediately to mind. I think it should be Daniel Sun, Sabre Jr. That just like immediately springs to mind as okay. That's that's technical, technically great a match as we could ever hope to see. I think Moxley Tanahashi, because Moxley is really wanting this match with Tanahashi. And yeah, but he called them out. I wonder if they're going to run that first at the uh, the Capital Collision show because he called them out for the next huge Japan show in America. That is the interesting thing as well because they're they're I I don't think they're going to do Bullet Club against uh, the Undisputed Elite on this show because I think this will set the groundwork for future matches or future co- like crossover cards where that will happen. I think they'll be aligned at the very least on this show. I don't know in what fashion, but I don't think because they're both heel factions, and I don't think they're going to change it up for this. You've got Okada could pretty much take on anybody. Punk is a very exciting option, but I think him against this new like main event Hangman Page would be interesting. I think there's also got. I mean, they're going to do Ishii versus Kingston at an upcoming New Japan show that capital collision so that's out for that option but you could have the kingston suzuki singles match potentially that'd be fun you've got i think naito and andrade makes a lot of sense oh that's you got a good point there pal we were saying before that they tend to do a lot of multi-man tags Mm. so what kind of what could you do with like Say like Gorillas of Destiny against like I don't know FTR or something like that. Like you can play around with more tag team kind of scenarios. What factions do you think in New Japan could go up against people in AEW? Well, New Japan realistically has five factions, and pretty much every wrestler is divided within those five factions. So the five factions, as it stands right now, and again it's a little bit hazy because I haven't watched it as closely, is Suzuki Goon which is headed up by Minoru Suzuki. It's got people like Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi, uh, Kanemaru, uh, El Desperado, people like that in there. You've got uh, LIJ, which is Naito, uh, Shingo, uh, Tak Hiromi Takashi, people like that. You've got Bullet Club, and Bullet Club is kind of split in two between more of the... Uh, there's well, a subsection within that called House of Evil, which is evil's faction. I guess, I hope, well, I'm looking I hope, at it here. Yeah, I guess which I hope House won't be in it. Torture? 
yeah house of torture yeah which won't be which i'm i'd i'd be happy if they didn't appear at all but you know that's gonna they're they're gonna be there because they're a big deal to new japan you've got chaos which is a carter's faction and they're kind of aligned at the moment with the tanahashi group which i can't remember the name of like tanahashi's group it's just it's basically every other baby face in new japan is aligned to that group and then According you've got to you... Wikipedia, it's just it's main literally unit. Literally the main unit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you've got um, United Empire, which is Will Ospreay's group with uh, Hanare and Jeff Cobb and people like that. So, so, what if they did? I think it would be an incredible waste because Brian should be in a one on one, but I could see them doing BCC versus United Empire. Yeah, that'd be fun. I could I guess... see. Um, Lij, maybe getting into it with the Andrade family office. I'd like a better group around Andrade, but I could see a match like that. I think FTR should win the New, New Japan, the IWGP Tag Team Championships on this show against because currently I think the IWGP Tag Champions are Cobb and looks like Cobb uh, and Cobb, the, Cobb great and the Great Okan, yeah, who are part Jesus. of the United Empire. Right, Okan is actually good. Yeah, but like that's that's who they have their tag belts on right now. They, I mean, they've never cared about tag team wrestling. They've never, they've never really given two shits about uh, their tag team belts for for as long as I've watched New Japan. The tag titles and junior heavyweight tag team championships have never really meant a huge deal. I mean, that's why Gorilla's Destiny have won it so many times because it's just like okay, we'll just give it back to Gorilla's Destiny at some point. And the thing with Gorillas of Destiny right now is they're baby faces, so it doesn't make sense to put them up against the FTR. Just obviously for the sake of oh, it's a good match, and you can do baby face, baby face. But if they're both on the baby face side of things right now, I would have probably put Gorillas of Destiny against the Young Bucks or something right now. Who do you put up against MJF? I got a feeling that's going to be one of those events that MJF doesn't take part in. MJF notoriously hates New Japan. He should absolutely be there to shit all over New Japan, and then somebody we should he should he should wrestle against a kind of a Mister New Japan, and I think the closest thing to that is Yuji Nagata. It's a match that MJF can win. It's not the most glamorous match in the world, but I don't think MJF should necessarily be in one of the top top matches. He gets to be up a guy who's wrestled for New Japan for going on 30 plus years but well who do you who do you have in mind for tanahashi like just just definitely moxley even if they do it they could do a rematch they could do the rematch there as well they could do a a second rematch well i think that literally there's very little they could do wrong in this regard there are two other things that we probably should discuss in this regard it's the fact that because it's a new japan slash AEW show that means that it probably won't have any women's matches on it. Mm. Because New Japan is a is a male only uh it's a male only roster. And so if they are gonna do any matches, it would mean either bringing talent from stardom over because they're would, both owned by the stardom. same company. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be stardom. They're both yeah, yeah they're, they're both owned by Bushi Road, both New Japan and Stardom. Uh but they've already but the um I think the New Japan president in his press release afterwards has said that that's something for down the road. So I imagine at some point they're going to do a stardom slash AEW show, which would be a a pure women's only card. Yeah. 
That'd be sense. great. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, well, maybe and, they and, just plan on doing a Forbidden Board Door thing every year, and then they end up, you know, okay, next time around we include the women or something. Yeah, but I think that they need to do one of those shows this year because otherwise there's going to be a bit of a backlash to the fact that because of the, again, it's not the same as WWE going to Saudi Arabia and excluding the women because it's not in Japan. Uh, oppressed women, they just don't care about them that much. That's kind of the uh, the difference <laughs> the difference of opinion. Um, I think they but, could get away with doing no women on this show, but announcing that they're going to do one yeah, in the future. Yeah, do one later like, in the year. Maybe just, well, I mean, like, they don't even need to necessarily do one this year, but they can maybe be like, all right, the next time around is going to be like that. And maybe include, like, some little promo segment or something along those lines, just to be like, hey, look, we didn't get a chance to do it this time, but it's happening, and we, we don't just completely ignore it. What I'm a little bit worried about, which I don't, I don't know, worried, worried, but like you said that they can, there's very little that they could do wrong here. I think that there are, are a couple things that they could. Uh, one being, you mentioned the idea of if you did like a group of New Japan matches and a group of AEW matches, I have no interest in that. If you're just going to have like, all right, well, it's, uh, you know, the private party against Jurassic Express. I don't fucking well, care. Well, this is completely different from the RH New Japan, what was it, G1 Supercard? Which was actually just like, hey, this is Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, but we're also running MSG and we got New Japan. Yeah, see, was- I have no interest in something like that, though. I want them to do this person from New Japan against this person from AEW, or, I mean, now that RH is a part of AEW in a some kind of way like maybe we get some kind of weird like back and forth but i also don't want to see people that are on primarily the united states side of things even if they are a part of new japan being like okay well that's the representative from new japan like i don't care about say uh let's see alex zane is in new japan strong i don't want to see alex zane against somebody from aew that he could have wrestled at any other point or the Good Brothers against somebody from AEW. Yeah, we could see that. Like, I want Tanahashi. I want uh, Will Ospreay. I want Tex Saber Jr. The, the people that you wouldn't normally see in any other kind of fashion. Naito against somebody. You know, uh, Jay White against Adam Cole, whatever it might be. That is what I'm looking forward to. I think... Another point of interest, though, when you bring up the New Japan Strong guys, there's Ring of Honor ties to New Japan Strong. Ring of Honor is now owned by AEW. There's Impact ties to New Japan Strong and Bullet Club with, you know, Gallows, Anderson, Chris Bay, Josh Alexander, who could very well be, by the end of Saturday night, the Impact Wrestling World Champion. There's a lot of stuff you can play with here with this forbidden door the thing i'm actually most excited about beyond even this card itself and again very much looking forward to it but very soon after this show you're looking at this you're looking at the start of the g1 and the g1 is super exciting if there is now this collaboration between these two companies because i could easily see two or three aew guys I mean, uh, the G1 has 
20 people involved typically it's two blocks of 10 and so they could easily give two spots in each block to AEW guys because frankly the last couple of G1s have been pretty lacking in star power because they've had to just primarily go with their own talent they haven't been able to bring in too many people from outside of it so even people from New Japan Strong they haven't been able to bring in because they wrestle in America and they've been due to the pandemic limited to only their Japanese talent so you're seeing people like fucking bad luck Fale still being in the G1 he's got no business wrestling in those matches they had um uh people yeah people like uh I mean Yano is there as a fun like match so that that like breaks up the flow of everyone else wrestling hard hitting matches every single couple of nights and uh Yano's there for comic relief so you could pretty much put Orange Cassidy in that spot probably as well but but I, I would love to see people like who aren't really doing anything super significant at the moment in AEW like Pac and uh Lance Archer and uh, like even Trent or someone like that. It doesn't need to be the top top guys because you. The thing about G one is that this guy is going to be away from the company for a solid month plus. To, to if he's going to be involved from like start to finish, so you don't want somebody who you want to be on week to week television there unless you're planning on flying in there and back all the time, which you could do, but that's going to take a toll on the rest of his body. So I'd rather it just be a case of okay. We've assigned these four guys. We AEW's been given four slots in the G1, and we've chosen these four people. See, so it wouldn't make sense for like Wardlow, but it could work for Miro. Yeah, Miro would be a great choice. Yeah, Miro would be excellent. So um, Brian has to work the G1, right? It's whether like, he, yeah, yeah. But it's the issue with him is the case of yes, he should be in the G1, well, but he's such a pivotal part of their week to week television. Yeah, sure, but the thing is, Brian had. WWE talking to New Japan because he wants to work the G1. I'm sure he's absolutely going to go, I got to do this. I got a short window here. I mm-hmm. Yeah, let me do this. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, they'll pick a few good people and hopefully Brian could be involved in that. I'd hope that like, Pac is the one that I really want to see involved in it because he just doesn't have a huge amount to do in WWE right now. And I think he had loads right of great now. matches. Yeah, yeah, that's the point I, like to be fair he, he goes hurt? through well he goes through sporadic breaks i assume he's actually in the uk at the moment that's just yeah, well that's I, my assumption i have no idea but look it's just a case of he does take sporadic breaks from the company so he doesn't wrestle he, he wrestles in a like he'll do a month and a half two months of solid working and then he'll go away for a couple of months and then he'll come back so but, but yeah, I think that he's a good choice. Miro's a good choice. They've got nothing for him at the moment. Apparently Miro's healthy. So if that's the way they decide to bring him back as part of this this show and then he'll be part of the G1 as well, that'd be great. But yeah, that, the best part about this whole announcement is the fact that these two companies are now officially firmly working together. And that means that as long as this show goes well, there, there'll be a lot more of these collaborations in the future, I imagine. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they're doing this. And between picking up ROH and doing this crossover stuff, more and more and more, it just looks like, okay, AEW is what NXT was leading towards before WWE fucked it all up. Yeah, and 
uh, also this um, discussion that people are having about how oh AEW only plays towards its core audience and they're not they're not doing moves which will help them garner new fans. I would have to say that whether you believe that's the case or not, as a fan of AEW, I don't give a fuck. It's like yeah, it's... I, I don't care. If, I don't care if you're growing your audience or new people would join your company. I'm watching your company. I think this is really cool, and so I'm going to love it. That type of that type of there is this the really only people, the only, weird... yeah, the only people that like shout about this stuff are people that either don't watch AEW or just or who live to shit on AEW or. Yeah, like they're people that are thinking with the business sense. I'm thinking it's from the fan perspective of, wow, AEW's doing stuff in New Japan. That's really cool. I couldn't give a fuck if that means that one other person starts watching the product that isn't already doing it. This is great. And there is just this strange, like, I have a platform and I need to shout from it. I need to pretend like I understand, you know, the business sense and the, the bigger picture. I don't care about the bigger picture that's why you know i make the moves that i do when we do our fun little drafts because i'm like, i'm worried about me and like this is very appealing to me you know i enjoy aew because it's wrestling fans first i think like the weird casual fan discussion there's no real re- i get it when you're talking about wrestlemania because yes you will get a bunch of people who don't watch wrestling tuning into WrestleMania just because. But this isn't for them, and that's that's perfectly fine. And who cares if it's just catering to a core audience that's, quite frankly, been underserved for quite some time. The thing that gets me with those discussions is, like, they're not doing anything wrong in that sense they just have a different strategy and if everybody does the exact same target the mainstream thing everything is the same that we don't like a lot of that stuff that WWE does so when people talk about you know AEW only plays to its core audience it has a core audience and that is why it keeps its core audience but frankly that's why it exists it exists existed to be for those the casual, people, right? Hardcores. I understand if you think that, you know, a little indie fed is playing too much to its core audience and not growing because it's like, um, I don't know, just make up a promotion like, uh, you know, uh, Times Square Pro Wrestling. And it's like, okay, well, we're only ever going to run a show in Times Square. All right, well, the likelihood that you're going to branch out and get further is probably very low. And then they would go, yeah, well, you're not the real audience unless you're the ones that go there. Like people do have that kind of gatekeeping sensibility for indies. And that's the thing that I feel is more of a problem because then those people go, if you're not the type of person who goes to like a CZW show and you're not the loyal CZW person and it's not for those people in the crowd that are there every week, then you're going against the thing. Okay, well, do you want to have the same 30 people and those are your only fans? No. Well, AEW like, is not in that regard. It's a fucking it's got a television deal. They're building fans. They're creating new things here and there. They're grabbing stars from all over the place. It's not just the quote-unquote WWE reject 
kind of approach like impact did for a little bit they're bringing people from new japan they're bringing people from the indies they're bringing people from all over the place like they're creating a pro wrestling show for pro wrestling fans that isn't going to necessarily appeal to the mainstream in the same way that wwe does does because they aren't targeting that wider range but holy shit how much do we complain about that stuff on wwe unless you have the numbers and you really are like you went to college and you got your degree in business and whatever shut the fuck up you know what i mean (laughs) and even in that regard like listen gcw thrives on gcw fans who go to the shows and think that they're like a part of the show because they're regulars Mm -hmm. and that's okay because quite frankly that's the world we live in now where you create your niche and you thrive in it and you expand as much as you can and if you want to exist in that niche perfectly fine and if you like some people would want to stay there forever And GCW, realistically speaking, if GCW wants to be a bigger promotion, they would need to change that. And then everybody would go, oh, they all sold out. So it's kind of like, it's the same as with everything else, like with uh, music and with film and with everything like that. If you are the rebellious underground entertainment thing, People have this weird sensibility where they feel proud of that, that they're in this small group. And then when it gets more mainstream, then they're all like, oh, I hate it now, whatever like that. I don't see why that's a problem with AEW. Is AEW successful? I don't know about the metrics that they're judging that by. Looks like it's pretty fucking successful to me. So (laughs) I'm going to enjoy it in the meantime. Uh, Not everything that they do is for me. A lot of things that they do just go over my head or it's something that I flat out skip or whatever. I couldn't care less about maybe a third of the roster of AEW. Like I really honestly, some of the people that I even like, I honestly don't even care about necessarily, but like Dan Housen is not for me. I don't think that Dan Housen is a fun act, but Hey, if other people like it, cool. You know, (laughs) what's the problem? Yeah. You spend, a million dollars to sign him probably not the best thing for you but just as much as i don't dig the danhausen thing and i don't think that uh certain people in the you know with the women's division or the tag team division or whatever might not necessarily be the main thing i would be focusing on i can understand why some people are also upset about the saddam singh thing and it's like well that's a different type of thing maybe that's for somebody else and the new Japan thing is like, yeah, that's not necessarily going to bring in more of the casuals that would approach for WrestleMania, but it is going to be a stronger thing for the people that are into new Japan and the Indies and the, you know, the pure pro wrestling fans and all that. Maybe that's a difference maker of some people that aren't super into AEW and they're the ones that are like, hey, NWA is my main thing or something. I don't see the negative of this whatsoever. I, I think that people are just, they want to bitch about something for the sake of it. But this is cool. This is one of those stories that we are going to track over time. And eventually when they start announcing matches for it. And when we start getting into, obviously, the week of we're going to do another predictions thing. We're going to treat it like a regular pay-per-view because it is pay-per-view. So 
uh, I will try to do a little bit more research of New Japan in the meantime here and there to get a little bit more familiar with people like I, I can't tell you what Tanahashi's finisher is, for instance. But I know I've seen some Rock. Tanahashi ma- uh, matches and I like them. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more familiar with New Japan right now than I ever have been. So that's saying something. Uh, let's see. Let's go to another thing here. Let's go to, well, you know, we just talked about the pay-per-view announcement. Let's talk about a, a non-pay-per-view, but a special TV episode. The next NXT one, which I hated how they did this. Normally, at the very least, on an episode of NXT, they'll say, hey, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Halloween Havoc. They'll put a graphic up. They'll reference it here and there. Instead, on this episode of NXT, they're just like, yeah, in two weeks at NXT, uh, NXT spring break and whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You and then they, they still didn't bother to put up a graphic outside of two of the matches that they had announced. But there's no, like, you know, the logo itself or something. Last time I checked, there wasn't anything on NXT's Twitter of, like, and remember, everybody, NXT spring break is coming in or, uh, two weeks or something. I also hate the name. NXT spring break-in like with the you know breaking your bone kind of thing I hate it what do you guys feel about it so when I first heard the name I thought it was like spring break-in like you know somebody breaking in like somebody breaking into a house huh. and I, I guess it's supposed to be like you know hey pal we're all we're all relaxing here we're spring breaking I don't, it's fine. It's a little lame, but it's different. It's the first one of these kinds of NXT things that isn't just a former takeover name, which is good. Um, Outside of New Year's Evil. Like, even that, they still had in the black and gold brand thing, but I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, it, it's fine. I think it just serves as another special episode. I don't think any major happenings will be going on, but it at least got some attention, and that's what they were looking for. I think that the actual titling of it as Spring Breaking is an indication of what they think the lingo the kids are saying nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like the indication of, oh, yeah, they're... All the kids are all spring breaking around about this time of yeah, that's that's the term, right? We're we're still young. We can we know we know what the kids are into. Crystal hip. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I I would just prefer it if it was just NXT spring break. Yeah, then like, you get the fucking weirdos that are like, Joey Janela did it first. He did it first. Like we heard some of that. Like the <laughs> well, like, well he did it he first, but then the spring term break. spring break, yeah, the spring break is a thing. It's like, yeah, they have breaking point. Well, then they're never bringing that back to me. Like, as much as you want it, as much as you want it, it will never come back. <laughs> you do like, go there a lot. I, I like that name. I think that that was a great name that they should have used more often, but like that literally has break in it and it's a trademark that they own. So if they brought back roadblock and you know, these other ones, like you already have a trademark for it. Well, I, I, spring breaking point, Tony. I mean, that's a mouthful. Cool. It, doesn't but... have, it, 
it doesn't have the N with an apostrophe over it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes everything cool. They got um, Spring Stampede. I think they're oh. right back. That, that, they could bring back if it's a break-in point. Like it's got the... It just doesn't have the G, G in breaking. Just break-in cut point. that out. Yeah, break-in point. Yeah. But Sing even out, cool. then, That's I, I think that that is even better than Spring Break-in. Because Spring mm. Break-in just sounds dumb. It really sounds like it's not a pro wrestling show. It sounds like it's like... Uh, you know, the new special menu at a restaurant or something. <laughs> I think you just hit the nail on the head, though, Tony. They don't want it to sound like it's a pro wrestling show. Well, fuck me. I mean, they're a pro wrestling program. That's <laughs> No, they're sports entertainment. Even that, it doesn't sound like a sports entertainment show. It doesn't sound like a sports show to me or an entertainment thing. Like, I really, I look at it as like the spring break in menu at the fucking local diner, <laughs> you know? That the apostrophe thing, like you said, is extremely lame in that whole, like, this is the lingo. Oh, you know, well, we, we didn't put the G in there. Okay. We're cool. <laughs> We're shooting from the hip, not shooting from the hip. Haha. <laughs> like, you know. What, what, what have they announced for this show? Anything? So it, uh, right now it is, uh, they carried on the story of Joe Gacy who had abducted Rick Steiner just mm-hmm. so he could let him go, but then take his hall of fame ring and put it in fire, put it on himself and then hand it back to Braun breaker and trade it for a title match and then push him off a part of the stage that people apparently booed. So it's Braun breaker against Joe Gacy and it's a triple threat match between solo Sokoa Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes for the NXT North American Championship. So it's just three of the people that were in the ladder match in a rematch. Okay. So That's yeah, I don't, I don't imagine it'll be anything super exciting. Then like those two sound like title retentions to me. Mm-hmm. Um, very much more significantly on the Bron Breaker side of things, I think that they could. Yeah, Joe Gacy's just... not fucking winning that belt. Yeah. Absolutely, but. Yeah. but, but they could give the title to Solo Soko or Kamala Hayes. Not a huge dif- not a huge difference, but I imagine that Grimes would still retain. Um, I imagine they'll do something dumb as they usually do with um, Index and. Oh, they're going to be on a beach. Yeah, yeah, they'll they're be on a beach somewhere. Beach. Like... Well, they're going to be spring breaking. <laughs> yeah, they'll do like a a really tame wild segment, or... yeah, or something like that. Do, the, do a bikini contest, but it'll be Loomis and Hudson. Yeah, bikinis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is the um, right. Nikita Lions and Natalia match confirmed? Not yet. Because that's, I think, just happening on NXT. Mm-hmm. So I'm I assuming... want to see that match until they're ready for Lions to beat Natty. Well, Natty is... against Cora is a thing that, you know... Yeah, maybe this is when Cora Jade interferes, cost Nat Natalia the match against Nikita Lyons. I, I'd be alright with it, because I'm just like, I liked the Ziggler thing, because they never give him anything, but like, Natty doesn't need to be beating people on NXT TV, and quite frankly, they have made Cora Jade look as bad as a human being can look in a wrestling perspective. So I'm ready to see her beat Natty at this show and start winning things, man. There's always a chance that the Creed brothers get a tag team title shot against Pretty Deadly. 
I don't think that they're continuing that Zion Quinn and Draco Anthony feud. It seems like Zion Quinn has moved on and he's feuding with Wesley for some reason. I don't think he's feuding with Wesley. I think they need to get Wesley on television. Hmm. Um, Legato seems to have something going on with Tony D'Angelo and he's got two new goons. We didn't figure out who those goons were. One of them's got to be Eichner. Well, they didn't really show their faces all that much. Eichner could be one. But, I mean, he is Italian, so that would make sense. Uh, there's not many people that, like, I'm aware of from the new batch that I could be like, okay, that looks like so-and-so. I couldn't tell you who, like, Troy Donovan is. I don't know what he looks like. Um, I don't know about, like, uh, David Bastian or Edwin Grand. Like none of these names are people that stand out to me as anything where I could be like, okay, well that guy probably looks like this or something. Um, but I could see Legato against uh, Tony D'Angelo's group happening here. It's also hard to predict those kind of things because you never know what they're going to put on those special shows and what are going to be the week off and the week after the week before. So they do like to spread things out. I highly doubt we're going to get much of like an emphasis on I don't know, say uh, Grizzled Young Veterans might be over with. I don't think that that's going to lead to something for spring break in. Let's talk about that. Because they flat out said that they were leaving NXT, and I'm worried, or no, I'm sorry, that you won't see Gibson and Drake, because they shorten their names, around NXT anymore. And I'm like, oh, no. Are you going to bring them back and call them, like, Tweedledee? Tweedledee and Tweedledum or whatever. Like, I'm hoping that they're just sort of piecing out, like Kushida. But what do you think that they're going to end up doing? Part of me thinks they're going to go to the main roster. You think they're going to go be with Edge? No. <laughs> no, I don't think that they're going there. There's a at least a small part of me, maybe like a, this one, like 15% or something that they're just going to pop up on like SmackDown. SmackDown has gotten all of the new people so far. But I kind of got a feeling that they're probably going to leave. I think that they're just leaving, but I guess time will tell. What about you, Callum? Like Zach Gibson? Don't take your shoes off. It's impossible to predict, isn't it? Yeah. They'll keep coming with see the main roster with a gimmick that nobody understands and is just completely dumb or they'll stay in NXT and just be, you know, renamed because I imagine that they can't use the names Zach Gibson and James Drake because they use those on the UK independent circuit. Well, yeah, that's why they seem to have shortened them, but I'm like, do you really want to call James Drake Drake? Like, is that, is (laughs) that how low we're reaching now? Or they get released in a couple of weeks time. I think so, that's that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think I think it's a bit of a. I I don't really want to play the sort of guessing game with it because it's it's like you can't you even w- when you did it in the past it was like okay so okay they might be going up but it would be the same person going up maybe they changed the gimmick slightly but you wouldn't have to think about that now I have to think about what their new names would end up being or what their new gimmick is going to be or anything along those lines are they going to team up with uh, Butch be called Bidge and Bodge or something like that. I have no idea. But, but, <laughs> bidge, but, Bodge and Bodge. Yeah, Bidge, Bodge and Bodge. But yeah, so it's hard to 
predict anything with that regards. I hope they're going out of the company as well. But again, I, they don't stand out to me as some two people that AEW would be like snapping their like snapping their wrists off to try and like sign and stuff like that. Like be shaking the hands so vigorously. It's like okay, we need to get Gibson and Drake into here. They're obviously really good hands in tag team division, but that's kind of what they'd be, I imagine, in AEW is people at the same level of a private party or varsity blondes or something like that they they wouldn't be like at the very very top end of that division maybe new japan strong maybe going back to the uk there are options obviously outside of AEW, but i don't think if they were to leave wwe would be a ground shaking thing for either side no and we know that there is always still a possibility that we're going to get another round of releases coming up because we don't know why they didn't do it on the 15th. Like they had done the previous two years, but we had the, was it May? What is the thing again? It's like May 18th or something. May 5th. May 5th. This is a, yeah, it's a, yeah. May 8th. For some reason I'm thinking Nate is involved. (laughs) Um, May 5th is Thursday. So it's usually on a Thursday. These things happen. Yeah, so I mean, the uh, the next call is going to be the next like um, the range to be like, all right, well, are you safe after the call? <laughs> Essentially, uh, so maybe but at this point, it's not even like, are you safe? It's like maybe some of these people, you know, are looking forward to going. Yeah, I mean, like Kushida, for instance. But yeah, Grizzle, you know, veterans might be at a point where they're just like, look, if you're not going to give us uh, the tag team titles and you're not going to really do anything with us anymore. Why are we spinning our wheels in NXT? Let's just leave. But maybe they get repackaged. Maybe they bring uh, them up to Raw and SmackDown. It's really hard to tell. The only thing we know for sure is that they have not popped up on the NXT UK tapings for the next few weeks. That doesn't mean that they can't do like a vignette or you know film something extra, but they're at least not showing up there <laughs> as far as like, and then, you know, in the next episode of NXT UK, they wrestle a tag team match against so and so. We'll get into that in a little bit first, though. Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's something to keep our eyes out on. We got people popping up like Roxanne Perez made her debut, so they're shifting the roster around quite a bit. There, that was so weird. The uh, Roxanne she's Perez debut next week actually debuts next week. Actually, right now, yeah. <laughs> like what? She beats uh, JC Jane. She had a, a good uh, intro to herself, all things considered. Um, I don't see anything else really worth talking about on NXT at the very least. Uh, Grayson Waller and Sanga aren't a team anymore. Yeah, that took me by surprise when he's like, oh, yeah, you I, were, cause he's you like, were oh I've been carrying him for the past three months. And I'm like, three months? Didn't they just fucking start like three weeks ago or something? It does not feel like that was three months ago. Even still, three months is not that long of a time, but... Yeah, you were thrown off. I thought for sure that they hadn't done anything until, like, right before Stand and Deliver. I was like, that was a month ago, at most, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's another thing. But uh, going around looking at some other stories we've got going on here, before we get into the next one, I want to uh, just pivot over for a moment and tell you guys about our sponsors for this episode, the way that we normally do things here. You guys know it. You love it. Manscaped. 
Hey there, everybody. We are back with another one of our unboxing video things that we have here from Manscaped. Uh, yeah, I still keep thinking that there's some kind of a label on here, yeah, but instead, sure. yeah, the label there, you know, it's work. And it's obviously up on the screen now. We already showed you guys the deodorant, which is great. And you can check that out from the other things before. But we are going to check out another one here. So Deodorant's 10 out of 10. Let's see. Uh, We're going to go with... The body spray. Oh. Let me just. Da -da -da. We have the body spray thing going on here. Hydrating body spray. So, um, you got the nails for this. I don't. Obviously, everything that we are talking about has the same promo code applicable. So, if anybody wants to pick up anything like that, then you said pick that up. Also vegan. Also cruelty free. Uh, alcohol free. Paraben free. Sulfate free and dye free. So this is actually good for your body. And it has very clear instructions here, so you have no excuse to not use this and be smelly. Especially now that's getting warmer. Mm. I, I forgot to unlock it. Ah! <laughs> uh, and it has that manscaped scent. That's just delicious. That like not quite musky. It but smells like, like men. Almost like guy. Like, but sexy men. Like <laughs> Pierce Brosnan would use. Or maybe he already does. <laughs> Specifically Pierce Brosnan, not the other Bonds, I guess. Daniel Craig could like it too. <laughs> because it's it's a good scent, but it's kind of like, you know? Well, to quote Timothy Dalton, you want it. You want it. <laughs> <laughs> Check out every video will kill. <laughs> so that is something that, of course, I will be using and making her smile, among other things. And... <laughs> You should definitely be picking that up. Use the promo code S-M-A-R-K. It's just the name of the website's mark. Get 20% off and free shipping on that or this box of goodies or anything else you want to order. The Shears kit or the Lawnmower 4.0 or the, uh, the Weed Whacker, the Plow, whatever it might be. All the different things you can use to cut stuff. I love the different terms that they have. So go to Manscaped, pick that stuff up. We want to thank you for doing that. We want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring us. And now we are going back to the show. And back to the show here. Thank you to Manscaped. And thank you for uh, listening to that, everybody. We are going to switch things over and talk about some of the spoilers. So spoiler warning for the NXT UK tapings that have been happening over the past two days. Uh, but before we get specifically into that, we want to talk about another trademark that is out there. Uh, WWE decided to trademark Tiger Turan, and we know that Tiger Turan wrestled for NXT UK uh, based off of the spoilers. Again, if you don't want to know, earmuffs, skip ahead, whatever it is. Tiger Turan beat Tate Mayfair's, I don't know who that is, and Josh Morell on the two different tapings for the 20th and 21st. I have no idea who Tiger Turan is. And I tried looking this up to see, like, okay, maybe Tiger Turan. Oh, God, Turan. did they rename Teoman? They, they trademarked Teoman, right? They're good with that. Yeah, Teoman, uh, he wrestled elsewhere on there. He's fine. I think it might be the person who popped up and uh, cost Kenny Williams the match. against. Uh, it was, a, what was it called? A backlot brawl or back alley brawl i think back alley brawl i think is what it was called they were against, a mask. Um, sam gradwell because somebody in a mask dude is it what's his face 
it might be Amir Jordan. Yeah. And if they literally brought back Amir Jordan and renamed him Tiger Turan now, I just fucking two days ago removed him from the roster because I was like, they haven't said a goddamn thing. It's been over a year. He's got to be gone. I'll just remove him. And it's, you know, WWE doesn't announce these things anymore. So I'm just assuming that he's gone and I'm going to do whatever. If they just fucking did it, it'll be like he waited until right after that. But there's no indication from these tapings of like, and then Tiger Turan then interacted with Kenny Williams or something. So I'm completely confused about who that might be. Maybe it's just some guy I've never heard of before that they gave the name Tiger Turan to. Like, it's just some guy from the UK scene. Kind of like when they just go, hey, uh, we got the Rohan Raja name, and I had never heard of whatever his name was ahead of time. I forget. A um, couple of things that'd be uh, interesting, at least. I mean, we're not going to tell you necessarily every single thing that happened on here. Because who cares about, like, you know, Damon Kemp beat Danny Jones. Okay. You know, nobody's going with that. But the things to be aware of, uh, we got some title retentions. It seems like something happens during the NXT UK title match between Jordan Devlin and Ilya Dragunov where the title changes hands, but then they restart the match. So I don't know what's happening there. I got a little bit of a thing there i don't know if they're gonna go with like they recorded both and you might just hear like okay well yeah we restarted the match and dragonov retained so that way they don't spoil that the title changed hands or if we're gonna go with you know okay dragonov got pinned but devlin's shoulders were down and that's why they restarted it i don't really know specifically about that you guys have a theory for that I don't really think so. I think they might just, that might just be an angle they're running, you know, because NXT UK likes to do these sorts of angles because they're pretty much tucked away doing their own thing. Um, I'm still waiting for the news that they're just going to kind of consolidate, but I guess we'll see. No, I don't have any sort of theories. I don't watch the show, so. It doesn't really bother me one way or the other, really. Good for Damon Kemp getting a win, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's this this odd talent exchange that's going on. They announced it this week, so this isn't that much of a spoiler. But Ivy Nile, Von Wagner, Damon Kemp, and I forget the other one. uh, Lash Legend. For some reason, that group just decided to go over there. And they're like, ah, they're going to be here for the next couple weeks. So we got, like, Ivy Nile beats... Nina Samuels and uh, Lash Legend is on Supernova Sessions and whatnot. Good, they need the seasoning. They need the, you know, they need the experience, especially Legend. You know, she needs to work with other people outside of the performance center. She beats uh, Amelia McKenzie. I don't know when these episodes are going to air. You know, there's more than enough episodes that this is going to last for quite a while. Because they usually do about like three to four matches per show. This week they did two, I think, because they really, one of them, they've been into this habit lately where it's like, okay, well, our last match, it's going to last like a half an hour out of the hour show. And uh, I'm assuming like the Dragonov and Devlin match is probably going to be one of those matches that 
lasts quite a while. We're going to get that in two weeks, I think. Uh, next week is a contract signing, and then they're going to do this Dragunov match. <laughs> I should say. Um, but, you know, between this, it's like one, two, three, four, about like 10 episodes that they might be able to get out of this, maybe even more. So this is going to carry well into uh, the next couple of months. But we do know that in some fashion, based off of these tapings, the NXT UK tag team titles have changed hands. There was a triple threat match, and it was Mustache Mountain and Deep Familia and Ashton Carter and uh, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. And Carter and Smith won the titles. So that is yet another example of the growing trend in NXT UK in particular, but in NXT too, of we want the person to have a title match, lose, and then they can win it on another title match, that they need a rematch for some reason. I don't like this philosophy. <laughs> I don't like the idea that somebody loses their title shot, has to regain it, and then they win it. Every once in a while, maybe that works, but to me, that's kind of like, you already lost. Get in the back of the fucking line. And this has been happening with almost every championship title change for like a solid year. What's going on with this? That's how we're keeping the stories going, Danny. Just dragging it out. It's fucking annoying. Yeah, it didn't happen to Isla Dawn, but like it, it's happened a lot. I don't, I don't think we should really get into the um, the mindset of why WWE does as many rematches as WWE does. So, <laughs> I think with NXT UK though, it's it's different, you know. Like they're just trying to fill programming because that whole brand is kind of like the one that survived from all the things NXT was doing to expand. And now that they're all there and they're all under contract, it's like, oh, well, we got to use them. Well, uh, after that, we've got matches coming up like a dog collar match. We got uh, people turning on each other. Symbiosis is, I guess, no longer a group. Primate and T-Bone turn on Eddie Dennis. That's another tag team going down. And also, Mustache Mountain is no longer a group. Well, I mean... Yeah, well, that it, took a while. It'll be, you know, a couple weeks from now when they air this, but uh, they had lost those tag team titles, like I just said, to Smith and Carter. And, and Prince Evan was like, bitch. Right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> he uh, he announces his retirement, but then he goes like, nah, and turns on Tyler Bate. Good. We've been... They've been teasing that for quite some time. Yeah. So, I mean, there are other things. If you are interested in checking out uh, the full breakdown, go to smartguymoment.com. You'll see it on the sidebar. You'll see it on the the TV results. If you want to know that, like, I think that maybe a male uh, got injured. I don't know for sure. Or, you know, if you want more coffee, beat Saxon Huxley, whatever the fuck, you know, (laughs) those kind of things, then uh, check that out. But, Tiger Tehran is a new name, and um, we got two teams splitting, and we got new tag team champions, and we got something potentially happening with this like talent exchange thing going on, and we got uh, a little bit of more seasoning for somebody like a Damon Kemp. We got the uh, seemingly the end of the Wild Boar feud. 
So there's some stuff coming up on NXT, uh, NXT UK, I mean. Um, no indication from here about people going over, but it is kind of surprising in a certain way. No A-Kid on these tapings and no Nathan Fraser. So maybe they are sticking in NXT. And this is weeks of content and no names for them. We got a lot of Stevie Turner. We got a lot of you know, Charlie Dempsey and such. Oh, we know actually there is a kid. There is one a kid match. Never mind. Charlie Dempsey beats a kid. So yeah, at least he might not be necessarily, but no Nathan Fraser. And um, I kind of like the idea of doing a little bit of that talent exchange, but I would rather them just get rid of NXT UK <laughs> more so, than anything else. Here's a fucking heartbreaker of a breaking news. Hmm. Darius Martin's injured again. The leg injury. The leg injury. Sean just reported it. I guess we're going back to the Dante Martin singles thing. Yeah. Huh. What uh caused the injury? Is there like the specific match? Um, nothing specifically stated. Just that he's expected to miss a lot of time. No specific timetable. Just a lot. Yeah, he'll be missing. I guess the actual raising is he's sidelined and Sean tweeted he's expected to miss quite a bit of time. Mm. Maybe they didn't do the right type of thing the last time. That sucks. Yeah. Anything else uh, for this week you guys want to run down? Uh, Ezekiel, we should talk about the uh, lie detector test from Raw. Not a huge fan. <laughs> I thought it was fucking hysterical. Like that's that's a good example of the performers make the segment that would have otherwise been a really bad segment. Looking at Raw, I don't remember liking anything from this episode of Raw except for that's that theory. Surprising. Theory won the uh, United States title. Yeah, that's good. That was weird though. They had like all the yeah heels. <laughs> Like, yeah, you did it, man. Like, it felt so old school. Like, yeah, he's a heel, so we all got to celebrate with him. And then Vince, of course, celebrates with him. And, yeah. Liv Morgan uh, and Rhea Ripley split up. Rhea Ripley turned on her as expected. They did that thing where Bianca Belair got fined $1. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I thought, like, I think what they're doing is working, you know? Um, but it's just, it's all going nowhere, seemingly. Like, the Cody stuff is good, but this is the first week where I felt like, uh-oh, we're just running through matches that could be saved for big pay-per-views. Like, him and Kevin Owens should be a big story. Not that it won't be down the line, but you know what I mean. You guys down for Edge's justification of having another rematch with AJ Styles of just I didn't get my point across so let's do it again no AJ should be challenging him but that's that's a small <laughs> thing oh god what do you guys think about the wedding what a weird segment I thought it was fun but it was like it was just weird Callum, your thoughts? You didn't I, see it. I didn't watch any of it this week. You didn't even you didn't see, see the, the, uh, the YouTube clip? 
Nah, I didn't. I'm on holiday. I don't want to watch anything. <laughs> I gotcha, gotcha. I'm envious. Um, I hated this wedding segment with a passion. I hated everything about it. I didn't think any moment of it was funny. And I usually think that our truth can save something, but the crowd wasn't digging it. And our truth is like, hey guys, come on, please let me like, let me get these get, jokes get out and this. stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, just, just end it. I, what was the point of Tamina flipping everybody around to go back to the thing? For five seconds, I was like, is this all just another swerve to be like, ha, gay wedding, we did it. Sasha and Naomi made the segment for me because they're just they're just completely acting a fool while this shit's going on. And I laughed because what else are you going to do? Of course they did what they did. You know, Reggie only wanted the belt. Tamina wanted the belt. Zawa wanted the belt. And then R-Truth just takes Dana, who wins the belt back and carries her around like he did with Carmella two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, like, and then we got that weird sound going on. This time it's Rob. <laughs> what happened? This weird, uh, that like springy sound that I'm hearing <laughs> every once in a while. You didn't hear that? I didn't hear anything. Huh. It's strange. It, it's literally, it pops up on my screen is that there's something on Rob's side of things. It's just like, it sounds like somebody just uh, took a, a slinky and. <laughs> did something with it i don't know i'll uh i'll let you listen to that back on there and for some reason the alexa thing is going off what is happening here alexa stop <laughs> alexa stop wow we're going all over the place i think that's a sign that we should probably end the episode <laughs> we started talking about the wedding thing and everything just goes crazy well i hated the wedding uh i think that that is indicative of how wwe just doesn't know what the hell they're doing and they thought that this was funny and i thought that it was terrible i it's not i don't even think that this is the type of thing where i could be like all right it's not funny in my mind but i can understand why people are laughing about it i don't think that it's legitimately funny like the tamina thing she goes all right let's swap this person let's swap that person then let's swap back fucking why like i just don't get it i don't understand their philosophy i would hate if somebody tasked me to write that segment and that was on my, like, okay, I produced that. That'd be the type of thing I'd be like, please take my name off. Say Alan Smithy wrote it. But, um, and then they didn't even like, what did they, what did they accomplish? Nobody knew won the belt. Right. And for some reason, our truth is just like, I'm happy helping Dana Brooke out. Logically, yeah, the whole make any deal sense. was going to be, our truth gets the belt back. The mm-hmm. end. That's how it should have been, at the very least. They didn't even do that. But it's weird that for such a shitty segment that they somebody along the lines had the mentality of, hey, well, who would be the bridesmaids for Tamina? Uh, probably Naomi and Sasha Banks because Team Bad. How the oh, fuck do you remember that? The <laughs> they had the idea. It had to be somebody like them, yeah. Not only selling me on watching this segment back. Oh, no, you shouldn't. That's why I said (laughs) I'm envious that you didn't see it. (laughs) Because I wish I didn't. The way way you're describing it, it just given me the total indication that Ryan Satin probably loved it. Uh, Does he tend to like those things? He he, he likes everything that WWE does. You just say, yeah, he takes the shell. Well, Ryan, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is bad. Um, anything from AEW you guys want to talk about? There's nothing that stood out to me that uh, I felt like we needed to address. Just a regular fun show without much, without much anything super spectacular. I mean, you had the New Japan announcement, but mm-hmm. like Dustin Rhodes versus the same punk, punk match. Yeah, but, well, yeah, I, I'd say like every match on the show was good. To the, for the majority of the sense, just one of those ones where it's just okay. This is just a good show of good wrestling matches without anything super standout exciting. Like the coffin match was good. The you saw Sting dive on more people. Like Sting just it's just Sting's thing now. Just like how many people can I land on with a crossbody? Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Guevara's clearly turning heel. Yeah, and even Paige is turning face. It looks like yeah. because. His promos are so good at the moment. Like his promos against Sammy have been great, and I think that he should probably separate from Lambert at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sky seems like he's probably going babyface too. I mean, Lambert yeah. even Lambert was cutting a babyface promo. Well, it's what it, it's it's babyface because it's against Sammy and Ty. It's yeah. not babyface because of the verbiage he was saying about basically how his girlfriend likes to get banged by multiple people. Like that's, yeah, Lam- <laughs> that's baby face. Dan Lambert was would be a baby face if he would just not have the sexist delivery because he can cut promos. But he did say things like you turned your back on the people things. So I, yeah. I it strikes me more as like he's turning baby face, you know? I just uh, that's, that, that, that's crowd, that crowd won't ex- that, yeah, that crowd won't accept him turning baby face. They'll sooner accept MJF turning babyface than they will Dan Lambert. Well, you can be a babyface that doesn't get that reaction. No, that's the. Is that is that the, the, so? so what you're advocating you, that he should be a bad babyface? No, that's legitimately that. That's the. That's not like the measuring stick. Is if you're a good babyface or something. Yeah, Roman Reigns was a babyface for years, try- and he got booed. John Cena was yeah, a babyface yeah, for years. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think AEW are kind of in the mindset for the most part to avoid bad things. Yeah, but I mean, they can be a babyface that just doesn't get over. But I'm saying, why like, would they turn? Tony, stop. What do you mean? How am I approaching well, this from the wrong angle? Well, I'm not saying that, that that's he a could good be babyface. Yeah, he, yeah, but I think that he will stay heel because they know he's good as a heel. Probably, but I mean, that was a babyface promo for sure. So right, but he cut babyface promos on Brandy. Is, you know, like, yeah, but I mean, now with, with Scorpio Sky reteaming with Frankie Kazarian and asking I, him for I, help, and like, it think, seems like all three of them were in a much more babyface capacity this week. Yeah, I, I, it's generally, I think it's more of a case of it's not him turning babyface; it's him feuding with people who, at the start, should have been treated as babyfaces, but the crowd hate them so much that they're heels now. I still don't get how that even happened. Why everybody just got so like bent out of shape over the country and thing like because of toy and the whole thing about their relationship and stuff along those lines and again it's i'm not saying it's, it's the, for the right reasons but it's it's one of the case like people turn on people for stupid reasons people mm-hmm. have turned on those two because ty is really hot and they're annoyed the fact that sammy is with ty yeah they're they're mad that they're a good looking couple that has sex <laughs> it's it's not very well reflected on the audience to be like yeah I, i'm yeah, so audience, mad yeah in, in reality the audience are the heels yeah yeah but it's like but because the audience is the one that dictates one way or the other so they're, they're turning into it so he's coming out now with the big like long jacket and the long jacket is always an indication that you're turning heel and he's playing up now even more with the 
the tie thing. I think Ty is due a heel turn as well because I think she's done everything that she can outside of winger tie. It was baby face. Yeah. In the baby face role. So I think, I think they'll work better as a heel package. I kind of want this to be the, the groundwork for Miro to come back and destroy them. <laughs> but that's, but, I, but the fact that I want them to be destroyed is the fact that they're playing up well, this obnoxious side of their characters. Now I want, I want Brian to beat them. I want Brian to just be like, vlogs are stupid. And so are you. You know, I'm taking that title. Yeah, but then see if uh, they remember that uh, Danielson is married to Brie Bella, then everybody's going to hate Danielson too. <laughs> what? No, I think he's he already lived through that. One of the things I also want to bring up is that they're still doing all of these um, own heart qualifiers. So they had uh, Kyle O'Reilly beat Jungle Boy and Britt Baker beat uh, Daniel Camilla, Vanessa Bourne, yeah. And I'm thinking, how, how many more qualifiers are there going to be? Because if yeah, these tournament the finals are happening at the at Double or Nothing, which is at the end of May, they've got about just over a month to get through all of the matches. So how many more qualifiers do they need to be until we've got, presumably, the eight men and eight women that will be competing in the final tournament? So they did announce a couple people coming up for other qualifiers. We know we're going to get uh, cash against Dax. Which is great. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Um, trying to find like if somebody has a breakdown of this anywhere. Uh, I think they announced. So I've, che- that... so I've checked. I've checked Wikipedia. So again, Wikipedia. Take it with a grain of salt. But currently, the people that have been qualified for the women's tournaments are Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, Red Velvet, Ruby Soho, and Britt Baker. And then that uh, we need two more people. So two more qualifying matches for the women. Yeah, to set up the well, other two. Rampage, right? Yeah, and the men's at the moment we have had uh, Mojo, Kyle, Samojo, and Kyle Riley. So they've only had those two, and we have Adam Cole and Tomohiro Ishii on Rampage, and we have Dax Howard and Cash Wheeler on Dynamite. So that will oh. be four people, but they need to obviously have four, four more, more uh, four matches. more matches, uh, yeah. and then they need to get through. Four matches in the quarterfinals, two matches in the semifinals, and then the finals are double or nothing on May 20. So they're both on May 29. So the women are far ahead in terms of having qualifiers. Right, but they also started a week early. Yeah, that's true. But that means that... I don't think it's going to be hard to get around there. Uh, so we got yeah, but... six qualifying matches left. Between those six, we could do uh, two on Dynamite, two on Rampage. It's already four. You could even do but... three on three or something. My issue is AEW and WWE, but I'm going to focus on AEW for this. They do this thing where you've got all this time before a pay-per-view, and then they start cramming shit in right at the end because Mm -hmm. they want to keep filling out all these other cards to be like, pay-per-views, let's look at next week's show. There's a Philadelphia street fight with Cheetah and Deeb. There's a ladder match. The TNT title. There's, you know, like these could be pay per view matches, and you can build more towards that on the pay per view instead of just being like, and by the way, hey, next week we're doing another crazy gimmick match. Like, you know, we had a coffin match this week that could have been on a pay per view. I know it's a different philosophy. I'm just saying, when it seems like you're cramming stuff in towards the finish line. I don't understand it. I think we're firmly in that era of we need a hook for every episode of TV that we can 
because the TV is the thing that matters more. And the pay-per-view, well, you know, if the pay-per-view is a 7 out of 10, okay. But we have the one match that people care about. You know? I hate it, but... And, I mean, like, AEW gets around it by the fact that they're great. And they, you know, have great pay-per-views. And I don't think I've ever seen a bad show from them. But, like... The build is starting to show some cracks, you know? They're still firmly also in that camp of, aren't you going to enjoy the match? We don't need a build, (laughs) you know what I mean? I know a lot of people are, like, continuously mad about the women and how there's not a lot of build there. Someone did the the breakdown that there was, like, like, 10 minutes total of women's stuff on Dynamite this week. and. Yeah, I get the frustration, but I'm just hoping these things smooth themselves out as we go. I, th- I think it's just adding to the overall narrative, the fact that you need to make every show a big show. But you can't just rest on your laurels too much. You need to have, like on this show, even though it wasn't the greatest one of all time, or like the most uh, noteworthy, you still had a coffee match as the main event. Between in a big feud between Andrade and Darby Allen, which has been going on for months and months. And yeah, you've had still Punk building up towards the match with Hangman. At least that one's given plenty of time to build up. Like we know that that's going to be the main event of Double or Nothing. And they started to sow the seeds for that now. And I think it's just a case of AEW is giving us a lot of good matches and good shows consecutively. So that means it feels like they rush towards the pay-per-view, which I'm not saying that they don't very stretch the imagination. They do do that. But that's because they're putting other good stuff on these shows as well. And it means that Double or Nothing is just another good show. And it'll probably be a great show as well because the matches they'll put on, they are saving great matches for that. But it means you cut, because they're trying to spread out a load of matches across great matches on every show to make both the TV watchable or like must watch as well as the pay-per-views it means that some matches that you could have easily saved for the pay-per-view like Deeb against Sheeda which will be in the street fight next week you probably could have saved that for the pay-per-view if you really wanted to or build it up they're going to put it on tv instead so you need they're, they're finding this balance of trying to make sure that they don't skimp out on the tv just to make sure that the pay-per-view has tons of tons of must-see matches and realistically a pay-per-view you only need to have free matches that are going to attract people's business and the rest of it can just be fun matches. Yeah, but I just hope that we don't get to the position where we're talking in a couple weeks about Double or Nothing and it's like, okay, they added Austin Gunn against Brody King. I'd I'd be like, come on. I kind of get the indication that you got, like both in the sense, you don't know how pay-per-view works or has ever worked throughout the entire history of pay-per-view existing. You only sell one or two matches. Your entire thing is sold on one or two matches. No, like, I understand every, that. Every, I boxing ma- every boxing show is built on one boxing match. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that like... I like it. <laughs> well, no, I, but, I, but that means I you've never liked that, any paper, any approach to any pay-per-view that's ever existed. No, it means that and I I'm like not... the pay-per-views that I feel like they are almost all matches, if not all matches, that feel like they're worthy of a pay-per-view. That's like, I like matches that I like, and you know, I don't but, like it when I end up feeling like i got to watch a whole bunch of filler. 
And I'm not as off the deep end as he's been lately, where he's just like, yeah, I think they're going to do Austin Gunn and Brody King. I'm just saying, I hope that they, you know, whatever they get to when they get to the pay-per-view, it feels like they've put as much effort as they can into it. I, I kind of just take the mindset of, okay, if they've given me three or four matches that are, like, really, really at the top end of something that I really, really want to see, then the rest of it, as long as the matches are good, I'm pretty much sold at that point. It's like, yeah, they don't have to be the most blow-away matches of all time, but as long as you've got... If, you've got, if you're pretty much on this upcoming show, you've got Punk and Hangman, and you've got, I don't know, maybe... F- FTR versus um, whoever the champions are. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for the tag titles, or um, whoever the tag champions are. And you've got uh, BCC doing something cool, like having a, f- a fun match with. I don't know who would be like a good three-on-three f- situation to be. Maybe have a like a stadium stampede between the Jericho Appreciation Society and then whoever Kingston. Santana Ortiz and then two other people they can bring into their side to do that. And then I'm pretty much sold at that point. And then the rest of it is just, okay, the matches are good, then I'll have a good time. Now, I will say this. If you're going to do a casino anything, I really hope it's a battle royal and not a ladder. Because I don't want them to overdo the ladder match. Yeah, this ladder match is enough, really, I think. Yeah, do do the casino battle royal instead. I like the poker chip, but at the same time, none of it fucking matters. (laughs) Because yeah. it's like it's not like the poker chip is an actual money in the bank thing. They treat it exactly the same way. So do the battle royal. Mm. But but we'll see. There's there's still a good month plus. I'm sure yeah. they can get a lot of stuff done in that point of time, especially considering. I'll just one other thing that I noted about, and this is obviously nothing new, but like Excalibur must be setting world records with how quickly he runs through these cards. Yeah, because <laughs> he is. It's unbelievable how fast he is. He does pretty much just go, and next week it's going to be this person, and it's going to be that person, and then this match is going to be this, and Owen Hart... And by the way, on Rampage, over here, we got this, and... When does he have time to breathe? After. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just uh, the... Yeah, that was just something that I noted when I was just watching it. uh, I've always picked up on it, but this one in particular just felt like he covered about a dozen matches in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's good, though. Excalibur's great. He's oh, yeah, probably he's uh, really the best good. person that's in AEW at that point. Yeah. Uh, that's the TV stuff for this week. We don't know what's happening on SmackDown tonight quite yet. They've, we do. Uh, I mean, we don't uh, know. A contract no. I mean, like, we don't know between Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, we're going to waste time with that fucking garbage. Didn't they have a contract signing leading to WrestleMania as well? Yes. Yeah, but they fucking love their contract signings. I don't understand why they love They're doing a Lumberjack so match. A contract yep. signing. Moss against Uso versus Riddle. Angel. And Moss against Angel. Yeah, you've got you've got to save that match between uh, Corbin and Moss for WrestleMania Backlash because that that makes it feel more special. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about uh, adding things that don't need to be on a card. Yeah. See, I think that the whole thing with me, and this is you know something we talked about here and there. I don't have that luxury of not watching as many things, mm. so I feel like I'm wasting so no, much I, time no, as I, it is. And then I understand then when it. I, when I feel like, like, oh my god, not even a good show is doing this, and it's wasting my time, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I understand. I understand that philosophy. Like, in an ideal world, I would love that every single match on every single card is something like special and must see, must watch. But 
once you start to fall back a little bit from that kind of thing, you, you kind of find that, yeah, it's never actually going to be like that. So you kind of just got to settle, for, not settle, but like appreciate the stuff you do appreciate and let the other stuff kind of just wash over you a little bit. Like fundamentally, if you don't feel burned out like I do, if you look at something like, all right, Riddle is going to go up against Jey Uso, that could be fun. But I don't fucking care. And I it's like a bit different with WWE because like, you've, you've like seen it like a million times before. So kind of <laughs> that's the that's the difference really. And like on paper, Sami Zayn against Drew McIntyre in a lumberjack match, pretty cool. But I'm so probably gonna class. pay like little to no attention to it. I'll probably be making dinner instead. I I don't care. I like Angel. I like Mad Cat Moss. I don't care enough to see that thing. I'm very uh, much hoping that I can skip the Flair and Rousey contract signing because their promos have been just absolute trash. Every time that they give a, a microphone to either one of them lately, I've been hating it. There is one thing about this Matt Dan show that will intrigue me. Are we actually going to see Roman Reigns? Well, we didn't this week. Yeah, we uh, we haven't for... se- no, we haven't seen him all last week. He wasn't on Raw SmackDown last week. They're um, going back to the, even that old school philosophy where they got the big people just sort of doing house shows. Becky's doing house shows. She's not on TV. Roman's been doing house shows. He's not been on TV. They're really trying hard not to pigeonhole themselves in something and they're just going wait until next week please wait until next week please wait until the well, week after that like, we talk this... about this build towards double nothing like we like WrestleMania backlash is was it it's may 18th i think well not may 18th probably it's it's like middle oh, yeah, of may, I, think it, I think that's the eighth thing that i keep thinking of yeah uh yeah may 8th. yeah may 8th okay so it's may 8th so there's like literally two how many episodes of smackdown so it's next this coming episode of smackdown and, and then, then two more Two more episodes of SmackDown. Which I think they're two more episodes, right? And, yeah, and two more episodes of Raw. And we have no idea who's challenging Roman for the title. Mm-hmm. Well, now, like, they're going to tape. They're going to double tape tonight. Right, but I mean, yeah. they're they're making this card look like shit because it's, hey, it's a rematch. Hey, it's a rematch. <laughs> hey, it's a rematch. Oh, and a, rematch. a tag team rush. title unification. <laughs> you know? but, we, but, you know, we get that Corbin and Moss match. And that's <laughs> that's that's yeah. fresh. I'm different. assuming that that's gonna happen. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just uh, setting the scene. And they had announced, a very a, a more disappointing uh, pay per view predictions one that we have coming up. They had announced Bianca and Sonya for the card on the bump, and then because the bump, they said fuck that. We'll just do it next week on Monday Night Raw. But that that again, that's just the indication that something's gonna happen in that match, which means we are gonna see. Sonya and Bianca Belair. I just assume that Becky's well. going to come back and work for the pay-per-view. Might as, well, might as well just take out the word backlash at this point, because it's just WrestleMania again, isn't it, <laughs> at this point? Well, no, we can't do that, because then it wouldn't be a stupendous show. Mm. Well, I'm surprised that they didn't trademark WrestleMania rematch. <laughs> just call That'd it be that. awful. That'd be awful. I'm still putting it out there that I think that SummerSlam... It's going to be called, uh, the thing after that's going to be SummerSlam Payback. I don't know. It's weird gut feeling that I have. But we'll come around to all these things when it comes time for them. That's the hot tags of this episode. Whatever happens on SmackDown tonight, the next set of the tapings, we will have that up on smartcomemo.com here and there. If anything super crazy ends up happening, maybe we'll do it our cast or something. I highly doubt that that's going to be the case, though. I'm expecting it to be they recorded a bunch of 
you know, okay, well, Ronda Rousey might have a tag team match. And, you know, uh, Naomi and Sasha Banks beat, you know, two people on fucking SmackDown. Who cares? Uh, Aaliyah and someone or whatever. But if anything does happen, you will see it up on smartgamoma.com and we will address it next week. And, of course, the uh, game plan for next week is still blank. We don't really know what we're going to do. So uh, you made event suggestions, drop them in the comments below and we will take them into consideration, try to figure out what we got going on. We kind of impromptu did the one from this week. We didn't really have that set up until pretty much right before that. But maybe something happens over the course of this next episode of SmackDown or these next tapings that we want to kind of circle back around. Or maybe we got something else in mind. Maybe you want us to do something we haven't done in a while, like a Miss the Smark. Now, we only did one or two of those, I think. Uh, we haven't done a Wrestling is 2020 in a little bit. We haven't done a tier list in a little bit. We haven't done Play the Game in a while. I don't know. But whatever you like, let us know. We'll keep the, that kind of rolling along. And if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Smartout Moment, you check out smartoutmoment.com and you are subscribed to this YouTube channel, then you'll see the things popping up when they do pop up. Do the same thing over to fanboysanonymous.com and that channel and those uh, social media accounts and follow me over there at Tony Mango all over the place and follow what these guys have going on as well, Rob. Yeah, follow me at Dude Felice. Check out Fightful, Fightful.com, Fightful Select for more news like the Darius Martin breaking news. Um, just follow me everywhere and follow Callum because Callum's got cool stuff going on too. Yep, follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out all the stuff on the smartcomoment.com website, but make special pay special attention to the power rankings, my week to week contribution. I also contributed to the triple threat this week along with Tony. So we you can both check out our thoughts on uh, WWE's obsession with unification right now and what that. Oh, and uh, both of you hate that too, so that's interesting. <laughs> and Tony loves merging. Well, not when it comes to this. Yeah. Yeah. This. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can check out those thoughts as well. And yeah, that's it from me. There's actually a good chance that our main event for next week is going to be the picks for the Fantasy League. Now that I'm thinking about it. So we're going to start yes, that at we, WrestleMania Backlash, right? So we could do something interesting, which is what we've um, been discussing behind the scenes. I might as well talk about it now because whether we do it or not, it's no harm in you guys finding out what our discussion is. Um, I want to mix things up a little bit, which I tend to do with these Fantasy League drafts to just... Because the biggest uh, annoyance for me as the guy running the Fantasy League last time was getting these two to make their ch- picks. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, every because week we I'm ha- like, remember to make the picks, and it'd be like, all right, it's 7.58. And I'm like, fuck, all right, <laughs> do that real quick. <laughs> because yeah, because we had rosters assigned, and we had like people that pick every single week and stuff along those lines. So let's change things up a little bit and essentially take the midweek picks out of the equation. And so I was thinking that this would be, even though we've had a draft recently, it would be a kind of mix of a fantasy league team picking and kind of WWE draft, a current WWE roster draft mix. So yeah, that, that that's kind of the approach that we're taking right now, but we'll talk more about it once we actually, if we do decide to proceed ahead with it next week, but we definitely have to do it prior to backlash as that will be the, that'll be the first show where all these uh, points start accumulating from. Since the week of Backlash, we'll be doing the predictions. I think more than likely we'll probably do the Fantasy League thing next week. 
And uh, I'm, I'm kind of digging that idea, if not just to see how things play out yeah. and be like, oh man, I, I shouldn't have picked uh, Damon Kemp or someone <laughs> like that. Yeah, because um, the, the, the whole idea being that we, we like doing drafts, everyone, it, it seems to be some of our favorite content as well, and we get to add the competitive aspect as well, and once this one is out of the way, it means that pretty much the rosters just stay as they are, and if things change, then... Yeah, yeah, it'll just be a case of these will be our rosters for the whole year. No further picks, no changes. The only thing that would change is if certain wrestlers are no longer part of the company. But we'll get to that if and when it happens. Well, and um, will we still do the predictions for the people uh, use? Uh, yeah, we'd still do that, but um, I had to figure out. out yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to figure out what that would mean. But I think that we should still do it in some respects. But maybe it'd be a case of if you win the pay per view predictions, you can freeze out a particular wrestler or something along those lines like this wrestler isn't actually gaining any points for the month ahead or something along those lines i'll have to yeah. figure it out i'll I'll, 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 I'll I'll come up with something on the fly but uh but yeah we'll see we'll see if we uh proceed with that next week yeah more than likely that's probably going to be the thing i'll actually write that down as the the main target thing uh fantasy league picks um, but then again, I don't know, maybe we get around to doing another thing on top of that and you, know, you guys will find out when we figure it out, <laughs> when we let you know, but in the meantime, check out the stuff we've already done and, uh, stay tuned for the things that are coming up next. So thank you for listening to this episode, everybody. We hope you appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy Smackdown tonight and your weekend and everything. Uh, it's not a holiday weekend, right? I don't think so. No, it already uh, happened. That was last week. Easter, <laughs> last week. Yeah. You know, it's a. Uh, still 2020 in my brain so adios for now there everybody we will see you next time this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out Bye.